Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. As we go into the Word now, we humble ourselves afresh under your mighty hand. I pray for fresh anointing, unction upon my heart, my lips, so I will speak indeed as I should as an oracle of God. And I ask you, put the same unction and anointing upon the ears and the hearts of all who will hear me, those who are physically present here, as well as those who will be hearing me remotely, electronically, so that the word, your word, will flow freely, Father, from you through me to the people to do an internal and eternal work in each of our hearts, including my own, in particular, to cause our wills to become more humble, minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray as I speak, the power of the Holy Spirit be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words and follow them wherever they are heard and released in all the earth. Yes, power that will heal power that will deliver, power that will break yokes, yes, power that will free men so that they will become doers of the things that they hear and are hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful that I will deliver the word with precision, redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bring out treasure of this word, things new and old, as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement with me, receiving every blessing I mentioned in their individual lives all individually agreed and said you may be seated this afternoon i have another prophetic landmark message it's actually like a continuation of the ones i have brought in the last two weeks you know talking about the times and the seasons of for the perfecting of the church and uh, this is entitled the outpouring of the spirit without measure we often hear of the outpouring of the holy spirit but now there is imminent right in front of us and a coming outpouring of the spirit without measure i have pointed out several times over the years that when jesus received the holy spirit on the jordan river it was not new he had the holy spirit Jesus had the Holy Spirit from birth. When he was a baby, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature. But at the Jordan River, something special happened when John the Baptist baptized him. The Bible says Jesus came out of the water and he was praying. And says the heavens opened. And said the Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. Now, he had the Spirit already. So it was not talking about him just getting the hose. It was talking about him getting it in a measure that he didn't have before, without measure. And in the book of John, in chapter 3, I believe it is, in verse 34, the Bible says that of whom God sends, he speaks the word of God, for the Spirit gives him the Spirit without measure. Uh, our Pentecostal experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is wonderful. It's great, but it's in a measure. The Bible says so in Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 14. It says that, you know, we have the earnest of the Spirit. It's an old English word which just means deposit. 
it's, what we have is the, the positive anointing, but we don't have yet the spirit without measure, which is our inheritance, really, as Christians. This is what Jesus uh, uh, inherited at the age of 30. Earlier, he had the Holy Spirit, but he didn't have it without measure. That is why we don't see any miracles until after he got the Spirit without measure, beginning in Cana of Galilee. And I've pointed this out in recent times that the Bible is very, very, very clear and very uh, uh, specific. It says, this beginning of miracles. It means it wasn't, there was nothing before that. He lived a supernatural life before that. You know, circumstantial miracles like we do. You know, but nothing like turning water to wine. Nothing like we see subsequently, you know, uh, uh, feeding the 5,000 with two fishes and five loaves of bread. You know, cleansing the lepers instantly. Uh, healing the sick instantly. Virtue going out of him. Healing, you know... Um, 15,000 people, 20,000 people, 50,000 people. We, we, don't even, we don't see that even in the Acts of the Apostles. We see healings in there, but not like what we see in the four Gospels. Difference, spirit without measure. And it is very important for the church to understand what it is. That's why I'm telling you what it is. You know, uh, why we need it and how it's going to be poured out in this time. So I'm going to ask us to turn our Bibles firstly to Hosea. Hosea chapter 6. Uh, it's one of the uh, minor prophets. We call them minor, not because they're, you know, because of the size of their books. They were smaller compared to the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. All of those uh, 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 prophets, they're the books, Isaiah is 66 chapters, Jeremiah is 51, you know, and Ezekiel is 48. And then all the other ones are like Hosea is maybe 10, 12 chapters. That's why they're called minor prophets. You know, and Hosea in chapter 6, we looked at this when we spoke about, you know, uh, times and seasons of the perfecting of the church. But we're going to take it on uh, in a deeper level today. It says in verses 2 and 3, he's talking prophetically. The prophet is speaking prophetically. It says, after two days, he will, will he revive us? And in the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. This is a prophetic word of wisdom about God's plan for the future. The two days of which he speaks here are not two 24-hour periods. He's speaking prophetically of two thousand years the bible says one day is the lord has a thousand years a thousand years is one day two thousand uh year interval you know from the birth of the lord jesus christ we know from history that jesus was actually born about 5 bc so really the two days started about 1995 if you're going from 5 bc to 995 you get two thousand years you know, and he said he was going to do something, and he's done it. He said he will revive us. The word revive there means to give life. The church came into a revelation and experience of what I call cleansing perfection around that time, 1995, 96, 97, year 2000. 
in for years the church was confused about sin and how to deal with it and we had different kinds of doctrines we had the doctrines of sanctification we have the uh, uh, um, John Wesley did a great work in that area you know on teaching but there wasn't sufficient clarity and it's not because we are better than them far from it it's because we're living in a more opportune time where there is more light you know you must remember that in the time of John Wesley uh, what they had was you know they didn't have the whole they didn't have the speaking in tongues it hadn't been restored speaking in tongues was not restored until 1901 in Topeka, Kansas, then 1906 in, um, um, in, in Los Angeles, you know, <clears throat> uh, I forgot the name of the, Azusa Street, thank you for reminding me, in Azusa Street. So, but now what God did was he gave us a revelation of what sin, sin is a, is a substance. It's not just something you do. What you do is a consequence of the substance. And the sin substance is actually a distortion or a pollution of the divine nature. We call it sin, we call it death. Death is separation from God. When you separate from God, then the divine life God puts inside you can become corrupted. We read this about Lucifer in Ezekiel chapter 28 as well as in Isaiah 49. So when he says he will revive us, what he meant was that he was going to give life to the church that will remove the sin nature, not only from our spirit, which it has done when we got born again, but in our souls, the mind, will, and emotions, and inside the physical body. I call it cleansing perfection. And I uh, uh, use that term in the present continuous because it's a continuous thing. You know, the sin nature is removed from the soul and body. So you come into where Adam was when he was created in the Garden of Eden, where Jesus was when he was born, because he was born of a virgin, he didn't have sin in him. But he wasn't mature, he wasn't perfect. He was perfect, but he wasn't mature. Jesus at the age of 12, you know, uh, that, that was his experience. He had the divine, and so he had deep understanding, clarity into the Word of God. The Bible says they were astonished at his knowledge and understanding. So that has taken place. Now, he says, in the third day, he will raise us up. Now, this is still in front of us. And we looked at this uh, in my last prophetic message from Isaiah 60. He says, arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon thee. You know, and kings will come to the brightness of thy rising, and, and the wealth of the nations will be brought to you, and, 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 and the abundance of the sea. The sea there is not talking about the Atlantic Ocean. It's talking about people, you know. And your sons and daughters will come from afar. He's speaking prophetically from Isaiah 60, uh, in Isaiah 60, about the coming glory of God that's going to raise the church up. You see it also in Isaiah chapter 2. You know that in the last days, you know, the, the mountain of the Lord's house will be, you know, uh, exalted above all hills and all nations will flow into it. Isaiah 2, Isaiah 60 are speaking about the same. This is what is in front of us now. And he says, when that happens, you know, we will live in his sight. In his sight means we will live in his manifest presence. Then, now verse 3 is very important. During this time of revival, in this time of raising up, 
of the raising up of the church, then shall we know if, it's conditional, we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Now, this is a deep prophetic statement that uh, the Holy Spirit was going to help me to unravel uh, and, and to uh, explain to us. See, uh, we, we, why would he say after this and then in the third day? It's almost like, you know, unnecessary repetition, but it's not. Because after two days, we come into cleansing perfection. Then, when he raises us up with the glory of God, we now begin to we now begin to have what I call manifesting perfection, like the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus now, at twelve, he had he was perfect. He didn't have any sin nature in him, and he was getting revelation, and he was growing. He grew in wisdom and in stature. But at thirty, he now received the Spirit without measure, and then he began to turn water to wine, and he began to manifest. The Bible says, and he manifested forth his glory. Now, he says, when this thing begins to happen, at that time in the church, that's when people will now know if they follow on to know the Lord. It's conditional. They're not going to know simply because things are happening. They're going to know if they follow on to know the Lord. And uh, some of the modern translations, let me look at... Uh, two of them. Uh, <clears throat> let me look at the New International Version. It says, let us acknowledge and let us press on to acknowledge him as surely as the sun arises, he will appear. He's talking about this glory of God that's going to come to us. And he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. He's using rain now as a type of the power of the Holy Spirit, the teaching of God's Word, and the subsequent, uh, the consequent outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit that will follow that teaching. And he calls it the latter and the former reign together. This is what we call the Spirit without measure. There's a coming and outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit upon the church that's greater than what we have received hitherto, uh, through the Pentecostal experience. The Pentecostal experience gave us the spirit, the earnest of the spirit. But we're now going to experience the spirit without measure so that the kind of miracles we see recorded in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the four gospels will be commonplace. They will, it will be common in the church. Now, it will not be everybody. I must, you know, tell you that. Not that God doesn't want it for everybody, but it is only those who will follow on to know. It is only those. He says, then shall we know if we follow on. Now, the question then is, who are we going to follow? And you see the answer to this in Micah chapter 2 in verse 13. Uh, before we go to Micah, let me just quickly uh, look at this Isaiah 6.3, also in the Amplified, I read in the New International Version. It says, yet let us know, recognize and be acquainted with and understand him. Let us be zealous, say, if we follow on, to know the Lord, to appreciate, give heed, to cherish him. He's going forth, he's prepared and he's as certain. This, this glory of God is certain, he's coming. He's as certain as the dawn and he's going to come to us as the heavy rain 
as the latter rain that covers the earth. Uh, I need to do another explanation here just before we go to Micah. And it is this, you know, in Israel, and even here in Nigeria, in many places, you know, uh, they have two rainfalls. The first rain is what's called the early rain. This usually, you know, uh, happens around September, um, October, that kind of time. You know, after they've done the harvest, you know, then there's a, a, a small amount of rain comes to soften the earth so they can plant the seed. Then they plant the seed and then there's no rain for some months. Then around um, um, March, March, you know, after February, you know, March into sometimes uh, early April or late February, early March, they start get another rain. That's a heavy rain. And the purpose of the second rain is to mature the uh, fruit in the ground. You know, things like, you know, here we have things like yam, you know, and things like that, that are buried, or potatoes, they're buried inside the earth. That latter rain has to come to mature the fruit that has already been planted by the early rain. Without the latter rain, the yam tubers, to use the expression here in Nigeria, you know, or the potatoes, or the other things you've planted, you know, they will not, they will not mature. And you will not get a harvest. You will not get a good harvest. So you need the latter rain. So what the Bible is saying here is that spiritually speaking, it's very important we understand this before I go to Micah. What we received in the Holy Spirit when we got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit began speaking tongues was the former rain. It was to plant and it did its job. It was to soften our hearts, to plant the seed of God's word, get us born again, get us filled with the Holy Spirit to start speaking in tongues. But we are now waiting for the latter rain which is the second rain that is going to mature the seed that is already in us, bring us into the perfection and the fullness of Christ, manifest this glory of God that is going to now bring in the harvest of the nations. Just like in the natural, if you don't get the latter rain, you will not get a harvest. In the same thing in the spiritual, unless there is an outpouring of the Spirit without measure upon the church, we will not get the harvest in two areas. The harvest of perfection and the fullness of Christ in our own lives where we will grow into the fullness of Christ. The Bible says we should grow up into him in all things. It's not possible without the latter rain. And then secondly, the harvest of the nations, which is what Isaiah 60 speaks of when he says, you know, arise and shine and the abundance of the sea will be converted unto thee. Isaiah 2 says, you'll be exalted above all mountains and all nations. That's a harvest. Is this latter rain that's going to bring it? This spirit without measure. Now, Micah chapter 2. Micah chapter 2. Micah is one of the minor prophets and it's in verse 13. It says, he's talking here prophetically about a company about something God is going to do in the end time. And he calls them a breaker company. This is how we will now know who we are going to follow. He said, then shall we know. 
if we follow on to know. Who are we going to follow? We're going to follow the breaker company. And he tells us the characteristics of this breaker company. He said, watch this. He said, the breaker is come up before them. Them who? The rest of the church. There's going to be a first of first fruits, a spearhead, a vanguard company that's going to be ahead. They go, it's going to go before them. And they have broken up and they've passed through the gates. They go through, you know, uh, 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 the gates of hell, overcome everything that the devil has, you know, and are gone by it. And he tells you the sequence. He says, and their king shall pass before them. King, they are just is symbolic of like the senior pastor or, or the leader. Like Paul said, uh, when you are gathered together, you know, uh, with my spirit. The king there, speaks someone who is a spiritual king. He's grown he, he, he's, not a, he's, not a, he's not a baby, he's not a little child, he's not a prince, he's a king. He has inherited. So these are the people they will break through first. And then he says, the king shall pass before them, the Lord on the head of them. Everybody say, the Lord, the king, the company. It is this corporate company that the rest of the church has to follow says, then shall we know if we follow on. Follow who? You're going to have to follow the Lord, who is at the head of the, the king, the king and the company that breaks through into this perfection and fullness of Christ. They break through into this manifestation of the glory of God. They break through into this inheriting of the spirit without measure and it is imminent it's just in front of us hence this prophetic message uh landmark message that i'm bringing it's very important to understand this so you don't just follow anybody who do you follow you follow those who've broken through the gates you know what the bible says in the book of hebrews it says be followers of those who through faith and patience do what inherit so if you see now who is inherit, then you want to follow them the word follow there comes from the greek word mimitis you know and the equivalent in the hebrew you know which just means to imitate to copy you know if you want to know in this end time you're gonna have to follow this breaker company because they will be the first of the first fruits they are the pioneers they are the vanguard that break through into uh the perfection of fullness of christ they break through you know the gates of hell they break through the opposition the Bible says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This company breaks through everything hell has to offer. Everything hell throws at them. They have learned how you see the, the, the description of them in Joel chapter 2. This, this army, the, the, the Joel's army, he says, they, 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 they can fall upon the sword. He says, if they fall down, it will not hurt them. We're actually going to Joel, so let, let's, let, let's go there. Joel chapter 2. And uh, let me talk about the army just for a minute. If you look at verse 10, he's talking about this army of believers. It's a spiritual army, it's not a physical army. But he uses physical things to describe them, you know. And he says this. Uh, I don't want to read everything because of time. Well, let me start from verse 1. I'm, just, I'm not going to read all the things. I'll just pick you know, phrases from each of the verses and 
get to the point I want to get. It. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm. That's what I'm doing now. This prophetic word I'm bringing you is like blowing a trumpet. Sound an alarm. And let all the inhabitants of the land, let them get ready. So a, 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 a day of manifestation of the glory of God is coming. In verse 2, in the latter part of the verse, he says, A great people. He's talking about this army. And strong. There hath never been the like. Neither shall any more be there anymore after it, even to the years of many generations. This is the last end time company. There's not going to be anything like that because they're going to close the age. Once they finish their job, Jesus is coming back. So there's nothing, there's nothing else after that. There's not, there will never, there will never have been anything before it like it. And there will not be anything like it after it. This is going to be the greatest move of the Holy Spirit that the earth has ever seen. It's even, and I know this will sound blasphemous to the uneducated and unlearned Christian. It's even going to be greater than in the ministry of Jesus. Of course, we cannot be, we're not greater than Jesus. Don't misunderstand me at all. I'm just quoting what Jesus said. He said, I will, you will do the works I did and you will do greater. That's why I said there will definitely be anything like it. And there will be nothing after because they will close the age. Now, it begins to describe, you know, the, the, this, their characteristics. It says, a fire devours before them, you know, and behind them, a flame is talking about the judgment that they will bring to the church and to the world. You know, that's another message for another day. It says, nothing will escape them. It says, the appearance of them will be as the appearance of horses. Now, they're not horses, but, you know, it means the strength, the spiritual strength that they have. <clears throat> and as horsemen, so shall they run. Verse 5. Like the noise of chariots in the tops of the mountains, they shall leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devours the stubble, a strong people in battle array. You know, the power of God, the glory of God that's going to manifest to his people will burn the wood, the hay, the stubble in the church. It's going to bring judgment to those kind of Christians. It's going to bring blessing to the other people, you know, and, and, and uh, it'll be like a fire. Basil will baptize the Holy Ghost and fire. It's talking about the glory of God. Before their face, much people shall be pained, and all faces will gather blackness because of the judgment and the power of God's going to be manifested. Those who are not ready, the, the, the rebellious church, the soul church, you know, they're going to be in serious uh, 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 pain. Says, talking about these people, says, they will run like mighty men. I didn't hear you. They shall climb the wall. Like men of war, these are all uh, 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 metaphors. He's using natural things to describe this spiritual army. They will climb like men of the war. They shall march, everyone in his own ways, and they will not break ranks. These are people, they have been disciplined by the Holy Spirit. They watch, they pray always. You know, they don't break rank. They, 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 they keep in perfect sync uh, 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 one with another. He says... <clears throat> Uh, neither shall they thrust one another. They walk in love. They don't hurt each other. When one person is wounded, they, they, you know, if so, or even if they sin or anything like that, they will ask life for them. They will pray for them. They don't, they're not going to thrust like the church of today. They thrust one another. But this is not going to happen in this company. They shall walk everyone in his path. When they fall upon a sword, they will not be wounded. Oh, give the Lord a clap offering somebody. Wow! You know what? Nothing will penetrate their spiritual armor. They will have the whole armor of God. 
And even though the fiery darts of the wicked will come, the sword will come, it will hit, but it will not penetrate. The Bible says, you know, in, in 1 John chapter 5, you know, uh, it says that the wicked one touches them not. It doesn't mean he won't interact with us. It means he won't penetrate. Glory be to God. Just like Jesus. Do you notice how the devil took Jesus in Nazareth? He held him. So it wasn't as if he didn't touch him. When he says touch, you know, don't, don't, don't take the letter of the spirit, the word. Take the spirit of it. He touched Jesus. The people, and the Bible said they, they took him. They wanted to go and throw him headlong, you know. But the Bible says he walked through them. They, they, they touched him, but they could not penetrate. Are you listening to me? The same thing is going to happen to us. Because let me tell you something, you know, I, I'm not going to preach about that today. But when this manifestation starts... It's going to trigger a universal persecution. Not, we're not going to be here for the great tribulation. But we are going to experience a universal persecution. The Bible speaks of this in Matthew 24. It says, you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He says, at that time, you know, many will betray one another. Many will hate one another. You know, uh, the love of many will wax cold. There's a, 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 it's the, the manifestation of these sons of God, the manifestation of this glory of God is going to trigger envy. Serious envy. Serious hatred. Jesus wondered, he said, up to family level. He said, father would betray the son. Son would betray father. Mother-in-law would betray daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law would betray, you know, and that's why I said, if you love your father, your mother, mother, and me, say you're not worthy of me. You know, so it's, it's all ahead of us. Now, the good news in all of that is that if you will walk in love and pray, you know, they will, they will come against you at first. But later on, you win them back. You win them back. Let me give an example because the Lord said I should, you know, and it will encourage everybody. Remember Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he, twice, it happened twice in Daniel's ministry. He had a dream. He couldn't remember it. He was so angry. He said, you go and throw all of them. Kill all of them. So Daniel sent to him and said, why is the king hasty? You know, Daniel prayed and God gave it. A, and then God promoted, uh, Nebuchadnezzar promoted Daniel, Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then sometime later, he does this statue of gold. And he makes a commandment that everybody should bow to that statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said they were not going to. The Bible says he was so angry. This, you know, that's why, brethren, you're not wrestling with flesh and blood. So when people are doing bad things, don't fight the people. Don't try and kill the people. Fight the devil behind them that is causing it. Many times we lose focus and we focus on the human being. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do to cause disunity in the home. To break rank. Don't do it. He was so angry. It was a demonic anger. The Bible says his, even his countenance was changed. He said, who is that God? This is the same God that had interpreted the dream. But he hadn't. it took time for God to break Nebuchadnezzar. Many people today and many of our leaders in our country and some people in our families are like Nebuchadnezzar. You know, it would take a lot for God to break them. He was so angry. He said they should heat the fire seven times hotter. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.